Welcome to Bold in Business, where strategy meets personal development and emotional mastery. I'm your host, Claudia Manjuk, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, qualified coach, a mom, and an advocate for breaking the rules and doing things your way. Each week, we'll dive into unfiltered conversations on the topics that matter most to female entrepreneurs, including mindset, leadership, marketing, and more. If you're ready for inspiration, insights, and actionable takeaways for your life and business your way, let's get started. Hello, friend, and welcome to a new episode. Before we jump into today's episode, which is a very special one because we have another guest, I really want to jump on and just say, wow, I cannot believe how incredible the conversation with Christina turned out to be. I can hand on heart say it's probably one of the best podcast episodes I've ever listened to, and it has nothing to do with me. Christina is simply just so inspiring and she gave me so many ideas to think about and I feel like she gave us so many questions. You can really tell that she's also a qualified coach like I am as well. And if you don't know who Christina is, it's Christina Otzel. She's a master trainer and life design coach and you will hear from the way she speaks. Not only that, but she's actually a fellow podcaster as well and she has one of the top personal development podcasts in Romania. She is absolutely incredible. We talked about so many things that I know are going to change your life. I'm talking about success, what success actually is, your emotional intelligence, so many things around feeling happy, how to actually enjoy your journey, how to deal with rejection. We went very, very deep. It's an incredible conversation and I'm so excited for you to get into it. So without further ado, let's go in and have a conversation with Christina. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode. Today, I am not alone. I'm so excited to have Christina with me. So hi, Christina. Hi, and thank you for having me. It's um, it's awesome to have switched roles with you today and to be a guest on your podcast. I am beyond excited about our conversation, um, but I really want people to get to know you first because like majority of my guests in here, I know you, I know all about you, but I want our beautiful listeners to also understand, you know, what's your deal, what you're all about. So why don't you just give us just a quick intro about you, you know, a little bit about your story and we can just take it from there because I have a lot of questions for you about, you know, life design, emotions, entrepreneurs, success, happiness, all the things. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think you have a more difficult question for me <laughs> than this one. Just tell us something about yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Help people get to know you. I'm Christina. I'm from Romania and um, I've been working in my own business for over five years now. It's going to be five and a half soon and I can't believe it. But before that, I've spent almost 12 years in the corporate world where mm -hmm. I worked mainly in learning and development. I've developed this passion for creating learning experiences, um, mentoring other beginner trainers to become good facilitators um, and to help them share their expertise to their colleagues. And then, of course, you know, as it does, life happened. And I started to ask uh, myself questions like, who am I? And am I really in the place that still fits me? What do I want to do moving on, moving forward? This was after my, my second baby was born. That was a, a, a good uh, period of time to have, you know, <laughs> to ask myself all sorts of questions. And um, yeah, that was my trigger for um, my life design journey. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, and it keeps being a rewarding journey. And that is why I choose to share it with others. And so 
what I do mostly focuses on life design, but I also keep, you know, um, sometime I set some time apart to also mentor other people um, on creating courses, you know, and designing learning experiences. But my main focus is around life design. Okay, beautiful. And uh, I don't know if everyone is going to know what this is. So why don't you tell me what does life design actually mean, in your opinion, give us maybe a little bit of the definition, and then your perspective on life design. I will, but I'm curious when you hear these two words, life design, what comes up for you? You know, I actually specifically didn't do a big research into this because I didn't want I'm to be biased. I'm happy you didn't. I'm, I, I specifically was like, oh, I want to Google a bunch of things and read stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to go into this conversation truly unbiased. For me, it really means creating a life for yourself, creating a life your way. That that's that's what comes to mind for me purely from the context that I have heard maybe years ago, um, and I don't know why. It's probably it's got nothing to do with this, but Tim Ferriss comes to mind. I don't know why. Is he, is he did he do something around life design? I don't know, but he he comes to mind. So I kind of uh, think of this idea of really taking taking life in your hands and making it your your own. Your own, yes. And for me. It's pretty much the same. It's pretty self-explanatory. But the way I see it is that life design is this process. For me, it's a never-ending process. I feel like, yes, it's an intense process when you first start to, to build this conscious, this aware and aligned life. But then you keep tweaking as you experience these new things that you want to add to your life, or maybe there's something that you want to remove from your life, you know, and create space. Um, and then I feel like our whole lives, it's going to be like when you drive, you don't take your hands off the wheel. You keep your hands on the wheel and you keep adjusting, you know, just to make sure that you stay on your, on your in, so to speak. And so for me, it's the process of consciously creating this life that is a reflection of you rather than a reaction to people that you don't want to upset. You know, I choose to do this because my mom said I should do this or my my parents envisioned this career for me or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. And it doesn't mean that you're selfish. I see it as a sign of self-love. It means that, or in my opinion, it means that your needs are at least as important as the needs of the other people around you. Mm -hmm. You don't put yourself last. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's about living and not just being alive, if it makes mm -hmm. any sense. Sounds like um, it's about intentionality. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's also a process that begins from the inside out. Before mm -hmm. you have the output that looks good from the outside, you need to usually do a lot of work on the inside. And then the things on the outside are kind of like a, a secondary gain. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you did all that, that work on yourself. And I'm curious, obviously, I work with entrepreneurs and that's, you know, those are the women that I'm very interested in. And I would say probably 95% of our listeners are entrepreneurs. How does life design impact or what is the link, in your opinion, between life design and being an entrepreneur in general? Because I do feel like entrepreneurs are just a different breed of humans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, when you look inside from 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 outside, when you think you want to be an entrepreneur, you don't always know what you're getting yourself into. Oh my God, amen. <laughs> um, and so for me, creating a business, I like to call it a lifestyle business because mm -hmm. I do not aim to grow this business, to sell it, to make money, you know, that way out of it. Um, I, I look at it like it's a vehicle for me to, to, to do my mission, to help people, to serve people. But at the same time, it's how I support the lifestyle that I mm -hmm. chose that fits me, which means that it brings me flexibility. It brings me the freedom that I need, freedom to arrange my schedule as I please, to be able to be present with my kids. Um, it means freedom to choose who I work with, what I work on, you know, to be autonomous. These are things that I, I value. And so for me, it was part of my design. It is part of my design, but it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> um, and there's also, I think that trap of seeing yourself as being the business especially mm -hmm. when you're a solopreneur when you're working on your own and in the in the first stages of of the business um and it's just a part of what I do it's my work it's just that I'm not employed the way I do my work the way I bring my contribution to the world is through what I do in my business but it's just an aspect of of me of my life it's not all there is. So in your opinion, because I think you're touching on a very important point, which is very much around identity and, you know, seeing yourself as a business and all of that. I know that especially um, people who run their business under their own name, you know, they are the face of the business, the name of the business. It can be quite difficult. Why do you think, let's maybe work, first of all, on the awareness piece. Why do you think this happens in the first place? And what can entrepreneurs that feel that way that feel very attached to the business on an emotional level where they are the business you know if the business is doing great they're doing great if the business is failing they're failing why do you think they do that and how can they shift out of it i think we take much of our value from the results that we produce mm -hmm. and i think that's the same for when we are employees within a company we see results we can you know, see them with our own eyes. And then it's easy to link our worth to whatever it is that we do. Mm -hmm. I feel like oftentimes we put this, this huge pressure on the business that it needs to, to bring in money. Like, you know, in, in an instant, I need to pay bills, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it's easy to go into this loop where, okay, this is my business. My name is on the door or on the website. You know, it's it's my personal brand there. So I think it's easy to fall into this trap that I'm the business. But if I'm the business, then, you know, who spends time with my family, with my friends, with my loved ones, um, who travels, who, who has fun? And I know from my own experience and not only from my own experience, from my client's experience that, that the first year, the first year is maybe they are harder. You need to set it up. I had no idea how to do this. I've been an employee for like 
12 years you know yeah this there's no instructions manual territory. yes Someone i wish that, said that it's funny it's i was like writing when... yeah yeah you go, go ahead no yeah you go you go <laughs> okay so i read this uh, this thing somewhere online in in some some online magazine that um when you build your business it's like building your plane as you're heading down <laughs> you yeah. know and you're not entirely sure if you yeah, manage yeah, yeah. before you hit the land but you know you're hopeful on most days um but what happens is when we get lost in in the efforts of be- building the business and we start to identify ourselves with it um yes maybe in a year or 3 or 5 when we um look at the numbers they are sexy maybe we have sales maybe we have clients maybe we are still growing but then when you lift your eyes and look around, where are the people, you know, where's yeah. the family, where's the friends, do they still know you, are they there, you know, you might find yourself pretty lonely. And I don't think that that's um, a price that I'm willing to pay, <laughs> at least. But that being said, um, in my first year, I wore, I don't know how many hours I worked, but I definitely worked more than I worked when I was um, um, an employee. So yeah. Heads, hands down. <laughs> you know? Same. Same. But it was it was meant to be temporary until I understood what I was doing, until I started to to build a client base. Because I was kind of a big shot where I worked. I worked in Oracle mm-hmm. for almost my entire career. People knew me. I had a reputation that I built over the years. And then, you know, one day I wake up, hey, I'm so cool. I have my business. But nobody knew me, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that I was someone within the company meant absolutely nothing. And so I had to start building this identity and helping people to understand how I can help them solve problems. What problems do I want to help people solve, you know, because it, it wasn't like I just woke up one morning and I had all the answers there was a huge amount of trial and error in this process. And I still go by the same process. It's just that I have much more clarity now and boundaries and rules around how I do things and who I do things with. I Um, think the word rules is very interesting because I find that um, if I think about my early stage clients who come to me, a lot of times they feel very excited at the thought of no rules <laughs> as in my own business I do my own thing I'm the boss but at the same time they're terrified <laughs> it's the most terrifying thing and I actually think maybe I don't know I want to hear your thoughts on what the solution is to this identity thing but I think maybe having a clear set of rules and boundaries around what is the business what is me like for example a big thing in my opinion is focusing on the things you can control and you cannot control, you know, take it to the, the thing that everyone cares about, sales. You know, sales, money. Everyone thinks, oh, but when I insert whatever thing, then I will be so happy. Then I will be so whatever. And that never happens, you know, just um, spoiler alert. Um, but I think if you take away the focus on the things you cannot control and you focus on the things you can control, then you can start to realize, you know, yeah, what you're actually in control of. Like you can control how often you show up, how many offers you create, the level of support you give to your clients, but that's it. What else do you think people can do to stop identifying themselves with their business so much and taking everything so personally in the business? Because I find that that's, again, a very big thing. Like 
you get on a sales call, someone doesn't sign up with you. You think, oh my God, I suck. I did this wrong. I should have done this. You take it so personally, like it's hurting your feelings. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, it's funny you should say that because at one point, after a very low point in, in my experience as a, a business owner, I wrote an article about um, having a black belt in rejection, in handling rejection. <laughs> I love that. Because I kept reaching out to all sorts of organizations, companies, corporations, you know, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, here's the offer. Here's the presentation, whatever. I worked in, in, in that same domain. I was on the other side. I know what a presentation and email should look like. You know, what's the information that I need to convey? But still, I kept getting responses like, um, yes, this is beautiful, very interesting, blah, blah, blah. Um, if we'll have anything, you know, that fits what you offer, if we'll have any needs that fit what you can offer, then we'll come back to you. And the first emails were like a punch in the stomach, I swear. And it was all about how I'm not good enough. I'll never be enough. I had some stories in my head. You know, now I'm laughing about it. But then I was crying. I was, you know, lacking motivation. I was like, why am I even bothering? You know, so coming back to um, the question, I feel like we need to to be very intentional about how we define this relationship that we have with the business. And yes, rules and boundaries are a part of this process. And before, what helped me before setting um, boundaries was to, you know, look inside and try to understand what makes me me. Not just what I do, but as you said, I seem to be so calm and focused and wise and gentle and whatever. And I am. But there was a point in my life and my career when I said, oh, my God, kindness. Like, what kind of a character strength is that? Like, what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> you know, but that all changed, thankfully. So who am I? What makes me me? What are my uh, strengths? What are my experiences that I can, you know, share and what can I contribute to, to the world? What are my values? What do I think my mission is, at least for that part of the life and the journey? Um, and so this for me was what helped me, for example, not move on into this new career or new phase of my career, doing the things that were comfortable for me um, in my corporate job, like I don't know, time management trainings or personal branding trainings. They made sense for that period of time, for that context, for those circumstances, but that wasn't aligned with what I wanted to do moving forward. And so sometimes I think when we don't know what we want and we have a lot of options, I think what can help is to narrow down the options by asking ourselves what we no longer want or what we don't want. I call them deal breakers like this and this and this no I'm putting them aside I no longer want to do this and so I start creating the rules and the boundaries and I feel like if I had a recipe you know you just do that and and you'll be fine you'll be set I, I wish I had one but I don't for me there was a lot of trial and error 
And what helped a lot was bringing this beginner's mindset to everything that I did. Because if I'm a beginner, it's okay if I fail. You know, it's okay if I make mistakes. Rather than seeing myself as some kind of an expert and I have such and such years of experience, you know, like it would be shameful to to make um, mistakes. And then another thing that I did was to, okay, so if it's a relationship, like what do I put into this relationship? What do I bring to the relationship? What do I get from it? Like I bring it time, I bring it money, I bring it dedication, commitment, energy, you know, um, my ideas. What do I get out of it? I get my freedom, I get money, I get recognition, I get all sorts of things. And in time, I I began to, to become, you know, more and more clear and more and more um, focused. And so another thing that can help when we want to start creating boundaries, because we were talking about this business and life and identity thing, yeah. Um, I think what also happens is to ask ourselves questions about where in our lives or perhaps um, in our business, we feel frustration, anger, sadness, and I'm doing air quotes here, the bad feelings, <laughs> the <laughs> negative feelings, but remember the air quotes. Like, um, And so what that means or what that meant for me to give you examples, like in my life, right? I was frustrated that I didn't have enough time to spend with my kids and my husband. Okay. So that means that something important to me, a, a need that is important to me is not met. That can translate and it did for me into boundaries around my work. How many hours do I want to work? When is the time when I will close my laptop? And it didn't always happen, you know, but about what is in my control and what isn't, one of the first boundaries that I set, <clears throat> it was, I think, like two years in. <laughs> so I took my time, uh, was that I wouldn't work with clients in coaching, you know, one-to-one after mm -hmm. six mm -hmm. or in the weekends. And then mm -hmm. the universe, I swear to God, the universe sent me tests every day. And I got emails from clients. Hi, Christina, this is so-and-so. I follow you online. I would like to work with you. But here's the thing. My job ends at 6. So <laughs> could we do coaching from 6.30 or in the weekends? And I saved all these emails. I promise I'm telling the truth. And the first time I had to compose an email, a reply and say, you know, my schedule also finishes at such and such time, you know, also yeah. at 6.30 in the evening, neither me nor you are able to focus on a serious coaching, you know, deep conversation. Oh, the first one was painful. But then I I, I stuck to what I promised and then it, it kept getting easier and easier. And, and now it's just no. You know, yeah. and now yeah. I usually don't schedule coaching sessions later than like for the start time later than four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I really love but, that. But again, you know, it's something that I played around with and I took my time, you know, when I was ready to, to, to be able to also respect the boundary because setting the boundary is one thing, 
and reinforcing it and staying true to it, that's a different story. Or another type of boundary, like let's say that in work, you know, I um, I maybe feel frustration over a certain type of project or a certain type of client. I sit with myself, I ask some questions, like what exactly is it that bothers me, right? Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? And that might translate into a boundary around what sort of projects I want to get involved in. How often um, do I want team projects? Do I want to work solo? Or what kind of clients do I want to work with, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, step by step, I don't know that anyone, one can set up the ground rules or all the boundaries that he or she needs in the business just, you know, from the top of their head, just because. There are some things that might be very clear to you. And then I think the rest, you just need to interact with the business, with the people, with life and see how things feel for you. And then, you know, draw your own conclusions and set the rules that you need to set. Yeah. And I, I do think that it's important in this to realize that a lot of times you don't realize what you don't want or what you want until it happens. It's very hard to, like you said, to create these things from the beginning and say, well, I will not work with clients at this time when you haven't worked with any clients. Or you'll say, I hate doing a mastermind, even though you've never done a mastermind. It It's very important to try to experience as much as possible and to be reflective. I, I completely agree. I want to switch gears a little bit because I am... Um, my own perspective on business has changed so much since becoming a mother. <laughs> uh, my whole life, on my, my whole, everything has changed. And a big thing that I noticed once I took a bit of time away during maternity leave is that most entrepreneurs are very lucky to have so much freedom, to make more money than majority of people in a corporate job. However, majority of entrepreneurs are very stressed, <laughs> very much, you know, constantly on the run, constantly thinking they're not doing enough, especially women. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts of what is keeping these beautiful, ambitious entrepreneurs from actually feeling happy in their day-to-day, -day, considering they probably, on average, work maybe less hours. And again, we're not talking here about, you know, the first year of business or literally as you're starting out, because that is a different game. You know, that could be a whole different conversation around starting out. Starting anything is hard and challenging in every perspective. So that's a parenthesis. But when you have an entrepreneur that does well on paper, financially, you know, they have the things that they need. What, what is keeping them from feeling happy? And I want to say this because again, I've worked with so many clients and majority of my clients and students, they don't feel very happy day to day. They don't feel content and grateful. So let's, uh, let, let's hear your perspective on it because I know that you have one and I really, like I was saying to you before we started recording, I always appreciate and love that if I come to your Instagram, if I have a conversation with you in the DMs, something like this, you're, you're very calm and you seem very content and happy just doing your thing. So tell me, tell me, tell me your secret. <laughs> so you know how we usually, whenever we connect, at least one touch down point, you know, is about human design. Yeah. I'm a generator. I can move mountains with my energy, provided that I do a lot of things that bring me joy. So joy yeah. for me is an absolute must. It doesn't mean that from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to bed, I only do joyful things. Yeah. But 
there is a lot of joy in what I do and how I do things. Um, and that also touches back to the boundaries mm-hmm. thing. Um, so if I'm not happy, if I'm not satisfied, I think one of the questions, I love questions. I'm a coach. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oftentimes, oftentimes, instead of giving answers, you know, I like to ask questions. Um, so one question that I would ask myself if I felt unhappy, if I felt that I was, you know, lacking, or if I were I felt like I was behind, I would ask myself, what am I comparing myself to? Like, mm-hmm. what am I measuring myself against here? Mm-hmm. Because that would open the door for me to look inside my mind and identify some thoughts that are not very helpful, probably. And so I know that there's this, perhaps it's a fine line between being happy and grateful and content with where you are and what you have, and then wanting more. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you see it, but for me, I think it's just a choice. It's a decision. It's like, it's not that I'm either or. I think I can be grateful. And at the same time, I can, you know, aim to evolve, to become better, to do more, to have more even. Um, And so I'm grateful here and now for a lot of things. And I acknowledge that. And at the same time, I keep working towards the next level of whatever, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the next level. Um, and so I also find that we can hold space for more than just one emotion in a period of time, like in a day or in an hour. I can, I can be proud of something that I just accomplished. I can be grateful for a client for choosing me. And at the same time, I can feel sad because a project just fell through and I was looking forward to it. And so another question that I I like to ask myself whenever I go down the rabbit hole, because it still happens, I just feel like I'm more equipped to get myself out of there. Um, I don't have the expectation from me to not go down rabbit holes. I just catch myself quicker than I used to. Um, And so I ask myself if I'm looking at the big picture. I always imagine this hot air balloon ride, you know, when I rise and I see things from sort of a bird's eye view perspective um, to understand if I'm, I'm focusing on the big picture or perhaps I'm only focusing on some puzzle pieces um, that maybe confirm some of the limiting beliefs that I have about not being enough and not being worthy enough, not good enough, whatever the case may be. And I feel like it's when you have a headache, it's really easy to focus on that damn headache. Mm-hmm. But while I have this headache, I also have, I don't know how many body parts that are fine, that are safe, that are you know happy. <laughs> And when I focus on the big picture, then the headache is no longer such a big issue. Yes, it hurts. Yes, there's discomfort, but it's not all discomfort. And so coming back to the business idea of things, you know, if 
how often do I connect with the parts that are thriving? Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy to see what's lacking. It's easy to compare yourself on your bad days, because usually on your good days, you don't compare yourself. When you do that, you're probably in one of those funks. And then you compare the way you feel inside with what whoever you choose to compare yourself with shows on Instagram, on Facebook, on wherever you go to spend time um, online. So I, I would ask myself, hey, how often do I connect with all of the good things, all of the, the thriving parts of my business, you know, my blessings, the reasons to be grateful for, to be proud of? Um, and if I really feel like doing any sort of comparison game, then I would just look back, hey, where was I a month ago, six months ago, a year ago? And I would look at the, the long way I've come already. I don't know what else is ahead of me. I have no idea, but I've come this far. And I think that it's very easy to lose focus of, of the journey that we've already made and to focus on what we still have to, to go through. If, yeah. if that makes any sense. So would you say, because I'm, I'm such a big fan of like simplifying things. And like, if you were to sum up your answer in terms of, you know, what is keeping these ladies, you know, like stuck in um, not feeling so happy day to day. So we talked first of all about comparison. Comparison sounds from what you're telling me, that is the biggest thing, you know, for women, keeping them in not feeling happy. Would you say? Yes, it's it's one of the things. But also when I say that I'm not happy, it's so easy to, to go spiraling when mm. we just talk about things like we generalize. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm not happy. Like nothing goes the way I want things to But you to think go. it's also, sorry to interrupt you, it's almost like a habit. We're so used to thinking we're not happy that that's our comfort zone almost of like. Well, you know, there's this sort of epidemic of I'll be happy when. Oh my God, the when then. But, but the yeah. funny air quotes again thing is that that happy, that milestone keeps moving. Yeah, yeah. It's like you get where moving. it was and then you say, so what, that's it? Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like I imagined it would feel. So, okay, on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. Then it, it becomes this marathon of just chasing things. Yeah. But also... I would go back, you know, maybe if if we entertain this idea that maybe I just keep forgetting or not giving enough attention to all the good things, all the happy times, I would ask myself, like, when was the last time when I felt happy? What about that specific time gave me this emotion, this happiness? How often do I experience that thing? You know, how often do I create that in my life, like proactively? And I feel like there's this, I don't know who came up with it and I don't want to, you know, confuse people and mix up authors, but there's this tool called appreciative inquiry. And the whole idea behind is that it's really easy to see what we are doing wrong and trying to fix it. But it's like that only gets us to mediocre 
levels. You know, I keep fixing things that don't work. So I'm kind of average all across the board, you know, but the conversation changes radically when I ask myself, hey, what am I doing? Where am I awesome? Where are we doing great? Why are we doing great? Like, what is our secret sauce, so to speak? And how can I replicate that? And I feel like that takes the conversation into a whole different level. So I would not only focus on what's lacking, I would focus on what I've already gained. And I would focus on the journey I've already covered, on the growth that I already covered. And I would also be kinder to myself and, you know, not put myself down for not being I don't know if I compare myself to you or to anyone else. Like, I don't know your background story. I don't know how many years you've been working without anyone knowing who you are. I have absolutely no idea what goes on, you know, behind your walls. I only see what you show me. And so I think that it's unfair to us to always be looking on the outside. But then also, you know, okay, what does it mean that I'm not happy? Like, am I never happy? Like, mm-hmm. let's be specific about things. How I love do I that. feel now? How do I feel now? Like if I close my eyes, you know, and I take a couple of deep breaths and I connect with myself, like, what is it that I feel? It can be sensations. It can be emotions. Like, do I really connect with the things that, that are in my body that the body tells me, or am I just living up in my mind? Because up here, it can be so freaking noisy, you know? And also, I would go back to specific examples. Like, when was the last time I felt happiness? When was the last time I felt connected? When was the last time I felt joy? What about that specific situation made me feel that certain way? And how can I do more of that? I really love that, honestly. And I'm so happy we're having this conversation because I feel like there's so much around, you know, how do you do this? How do you do more of this and whatever? But I do feel like we don't talk enough about the emotions in business and especially the day-to-day emotions. Because majority of the time, we are not doing the big things, you know? We are not doing this huge launch every day or having these milestones. We are living this this little day-to-day life. And I think we need to talk about that more. And I really love, I love everything you said. Sorry, I'm literally, it's like I was listening to you in the podcast myself. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I was just sitting here just nodding. Okay, okay, interesting. And as you were talking, something that came up for me is we really do need to focus more on the journey of business because there's so much, there's an epidemic to use the word they use, I love that word. There's an epidemic and an obsession with results. And I get it. Like, listen, obviously I get it. It's what I do. But the results come from the journey. And, you know, I really want to emphasize for women that the results will come from enjoying the journey and making that journey the path of least resistance for you. Like, that's the thing. Also, also what you said in my podcast not long ago, don't make results mean more than just Mm -hmm. results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially things you cannot control. Like, okay, you launched this thing. You wanted to bring in 50 people. You had three. Cool. So instead, you know, and he, he, that happens to almost everyone at one point or another. 
And what happens there is that you make it mean that, that you suck. They should never sell anything again. They have to change the program. They you have to, you know, make the price, you know, like much lower. And what happens there is, and actually, I, I literally have this somewhere in my content brain dump. I, I want to do a post about it. It's almost like, imagine it's someone's birthday party. And you and it's it's the the business owner's birthday party, and you are invited, and you end up going. You buy their offer, and then when you go in there, what this person does and their energy is that they're just obsessing over all the people that didn't come, because only you came to the birthday party. Imagine what a feeling that is for you as the guest. Ouch! <laughs> exactly, and I feel like that's what we do sometimes with business because we didn't get the result that we want. We're just sitting there being so sad, and you know dwelling on all the negatives instead of actually enjoying the things that have happened the the you know the people that we do have in our world the people that you know yeah. it's like oh boohoo i got only 30 likes but those are 30 people that chose to like your stuff not to engage yes. with it not to just scroll past but we're never grateful for that and all we do is like you said is compare ourselves and i think comparison and i feel like it comes down to reframing Okay, mm-hmm. so 13 people or 100 people, let's go for 100. 100 people liked your post or listened to your podcast episode or whatever. Imagine you have those 100 people in your living room. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, it's I don't a know where for I a reason, right? Oh, yeah, like it changes things. Yeah. And like, yes, you have two people in your course and you don't have 12 or whatever, but those people trusted you enough to go on that journey with you. It might not be, you know, um, the result that you wanted in terms of number of participants and income that you generated, but it can be, you know, two clients that you're truly there for. Like you Mm -hmm. support them fully. They have the best experience and then they have awesome results that they then can talk about, they can share and they can sort of like become your ambassadors and they can recommend you. You have their trust, you have their vote, you have, you know, and you can use that experience, you know, to be fully present. Okay, it's only two people. So that gives me more time to focus on also observing the experience as it unfolds so that I can tweak it, so that I can improve it. And the next time when I launch it, it's going to be even better. So yes, maybe we don't gain the money or the number of participants, but that doesn't mean that we can't gain something else. And that's a refrain. Because in the end, if you look at the numbers, they are the same. It's just the way you choose to, to view things. And in your opinion, what should people do when their fear so imagine someone is feeling and thinking exactly what you're saying but they have a huge fear around people are not going to see me as this mega successful person that i want to seem like what would you say that person so let's just take that example you know you got 100 likes and you used to get 200 likes (laughs) and you're sitting there thinking oh my god all my potential clients are going to be looking at my engagement and see that i only get 100 likes so they will never buy from me what would you say to a person that thinks along those lines that it's it all about like, the external perception? I swear to God, it's like nobody looks at how many likes you have, you know, 
And I would just ask, like, why do you want to seem in a certain way? And what is the answer? Let me challenge. Seem... Okay, challenge. Me, me. Okay, so because I'm telling you, I've heard the variation of this, not about the likes, but very much around sales. I have definitely, I've heard this dozens of times, at least 20 to 50 times I've been asked, but what okay. do I do when I sell something and literally no one is buying and I don't have the little, I'm in messages or the little, oh my God, yes, I signed up and stuff like that. And I feel like sometimes people want certain numbers in their business just so they can show people those numbers. Just that so would that have been my first successful. question. Like, why do we care? Like, who knows your sales? Like, why should people know about it's something that only concerns you. If you are a client for me, you're not there to know my numbers. Sure, if it's a program around something like that, when you come into yeah. the program, I can openly and vulnerably talk about that if it's relevant. Mm -hmm. But I have my business. Let's say I've been in business for 10 years. You've been in business for three. Like I'm in a totally different niche. I don't know. I don't feel yeah. like that's, you know, a useful yeah. comparison, but um, I would look at, so why is that important to me? Why do I care? And instead of, and I'm not saying that in the example you gave, those people blamed other people that they didn't mm -hmm. sign up for the offer, mm -hmm. but I would take ownership. What is in my control? I cannot make people sign up. But what I can do is I can go back to maybe existing clients to validate those needs that I identified for the program. Maybe I was off or maybe the needs are there and they are real. Maybe I'm just not talking about them in a language that is relevant for the people who I'm waiting for to subscribe or to enroll into my program. What can I do differently? And I've been there. So uh, just as a quick side note, my dog is sleeping like one meter away from me and she snores and she dreams. So if you hear any sounds, you know, I think so far, you know, but <laughs> good side note. So going back to, to, to the beginning of my journey. Um, so I, I said a bit earlier that I didn't want to go on doing the things that I was good at in the corporate world or job that I had as a trainer. Um, and at one point, because I felt like I wasn't selling anything, it was really early on. I said, okay, now I need to do something that I know how to do. And so I'm going to create a personal branding workshop. That was before COVID. So it was supposed to be on uh, in class. Um, and so I do the ads, I do the posts, I write, I whatever. But now looking back, I didn't have a clear client avatar, you know, for who is this actually for? Mm -hmm. So I didn't know a lot of things, but I was pushing and it, and it felt like I was pushing. It was forceful. It, it was with a lot of effort and nobody signed up. And so back in those days, I was very active on Facebook. I think I didn't even have Instagram back then. Um, and, you know, you created those Facebook events mm -hmm. that people could join. Um, and if you canceled an event, I don't know how it works today because I no longer use it, then the event would stay in your list of events, but crossed out. 
if you cancel it, you know? And I was like, I'm not pushing that button. I don't want to have this, this, this crossed out thing because what people think? They will say that I'm a failure, that I'm not good enough because if I were good enough, then people would have signed up and the event wouldn't have been canceled, right? And so I was so in my head and I was so sad and I felt so depressed. You know, I felt like a total loser. And so then a few weeks go by and I say, okay, I try again. But this time I say, I will create this program, this workshop for um, beginner freelancers. Okay. Still very far, but a bit better. Right. And so I promised myself that if no one signed up by the time I woke up one morning, I don't remember the dates, but it's there on Facebook, you know, um, I would cancel it. And so I woke up that morning that I promised myself that I would check, you know, no one entered in the course. So then I canceled it and it was cut out, you know, crossed out and I didn't die. Nothing happened. And then like, A few minutes later, a client of mine sends me a private message on Facebook and she says, hey, do you have any places left for the workshop? Because I want to come. And I start laughing. I know her, you know, we've worked (laughs) one-to-one a lot. And so I was very transparent and I'm like, nobody signed up. But if it's something that is valuable to you, let's meet over coffee or tea or whatever. And I will spend time with you and we'll go through whatever you want to ask me and I'll teach you whatever I I had included in the workshop and that is relevant for you. And so we did that for like two or three hours. I don't know. Um, And then, you know, in time, I understood that that wasn't my zone of genius. I wasn't meant to be doing the personal branding stuff. That was for someone else. But it was a very painful process to let go of this. Oh, my God, I need to do something that I'm good at. I need to produce some results. And because I I, I was desperate to see results, I kind of started um, disrespecting my own rules and boundaries because I was afraid, because I wanted to see the money. Because if there's no money, then it means that there will never be money. If there isn't money today, there will never be money. Right. And yeah. so there was a lot of shame for me around those cancellations, you know? So I've been there. Oh my but God. I yeah. <laughs> I love that story. And thank you so much for sharing it. Honestly, it, it means a lot. And I think that, you know, hearing you talk about that, it, it makes me think about the idea of success. And I think there are a lot of very, ambitious women out there who want to you know to have it all to do it all to achieve it all and I know from my own experience that I went into this business because it's not my first business but I went into this business with a very clear idea of what success would look like I had it all laid out and it was very you know very nicely neatly fitting into a box of this year I'm going to focus on this and then I'm going to do this and this and this and this and everything made so much sense and as I started to actually surpass very easily those things in a slightly different direction and achieving beyond what I had initially imagined. I was like, okay, and, and now what? Cool. Done the thing. And actually I'm successful now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, where's my badge? Where's my badge mm-hmm. of success? And um it brought out uh, so many 
so many questions and conversations. And again, and maybe this is a conversation for another podcast around, you know, my own idea of success and so on. But I want to hear your perspective on how can women truly identify what success looks like for them underneath the obvious stuff, underneath the X income, X house, X car, two kids, you know, white picket fence, all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I was sharing that example, my own story, little story about the canceled events and this thought that I had that I wasn't successful. Um, And it took me a lot of time, like a, a lot of time, I'm talking years, until I defined this whole concept or of, of success for me. And at first, it was about how it looked. And then let me give you an example. So just before um, the lockdown uh, set in, so that was March 2020, um, that was at the beginning of the year. It was right after I set my goals, my intentions, my vision, my whatever. And high up on that list was this idea of having my own space, like an office that's not at home, and that I would have a team, like in person, real people, so I can touch them, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, um, and to to deliver trainings only, um, so the space should have been big enough, you know, so that I can set up my trainings there and so on and so forth. I, big windows, you know, lots of light. I had it all pictured. And so the pandemic hits and lockdown sets in and people start talking about how they still have to pay rent for the offices that they can't use, you know? And I was hearing all of these um, uh, stories. And so um, it, it was like someone flipped a switch and I started saying things like, I'm so lucky that I don't have to pay rent for a space that I can't use. Or, okay, it's true. I cannot meet with people like to have live events. But I can do things online. And not only can I do things online, and not only am I not losing things, I'm actually gaining more access to people all over the world. And it was, I started reframing things and so many years in many failed attempts many envisioned success shapes and forms what I feel like really changed the game for me was to focus rather on what success feels like not what it looks like because what I can envision in my head in a way it's very limited and for me it was like okay Only when I see that image become reality, I can say, hey, I am successful. But um, when I think about what success feels like, it feels like freedom. It feels like joy. It feels like happiness, like love, like gratitude, like whatever it feels like. There are two things that happen. So first... I prime my mind, you know, and I teach it, hey, let's look for happiness. Let's look, you know, 
I set my radar on these emotions that I want to feel and I can now recognize them. Maybe it doesn't look like some sort of an image that I, you know, made up in my mind one day, but I recognize the feeling and I can celebrate it. Hey, this feels like joy. This feels like contribution. This feels like whatever. And the second thing that happens is that I can take ownership. Of course, things happen and not everything is in our control, but I can do things and I can act in ways that generate more freedom, more happiness, more joy. And I can do that every single day. And so that fuels my feeling successful or thinking about myself rather um, as being successful. Does it make sense? I adore the definitions of success. I love it because basically what I'm hearing is, you know, kind of taking our conversation from earlier around, you know, all the feelings that, you know, we can, we can look out for and kind of bringing success into that. So it's almost like success again i'm literally taking your words and making them my own but it's like success is made out of all these different feelings like the joy you know the 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 gratitude all these things and then we have the responsibility to look for those things in our day-to-day life and that's it that's very interesting for them to recognize them and to create them to create them especially yeah because i uh, noticed um, something last week for myself what happened so last week I just was it last week my god I can anyway I literally just launched body business and I noticed that I was feeling successful which is a strange thing to say because things were happening because you just launched it right and I was like you know getting lots of messages you know positive feedback people were excited for me and I was like I literally sat with myself and thought why do I feel successful right now it's not financial it's not like anything big happened and I realized that it had to do with the fact that I was, you know, posting content. I was doing things. I was recording podcasts. I was talking to people. And I was like, that's it. The fact that they, for me, it was very much around creation. I was creating things. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what makes me feel successful in this season of life, because it also changes, is creating. So the more I create and interact and create a two-way conversation, the more successful I feel. And that's something that I have actual control over. Because no one, no one can make me create. I can create it. And I really like the way you put it. I think it's a beautiful definition of success. And hopefully as you're listening to this, you can identify what those feelings are for you specifically. And then think, how can I create that on a daily basis? And because my mind goes to creating a bit of structure into it, I was like, you should make a spreadsheet with all the feelings. And then, you know, like Monday to Sunday. And then be like, you're okay. giving me the chills with the spreadsheet and not in a good way. <laughs> I'm like, how can you create, you know, like joy Monday to Sunday, like a little moment of joy, a little moment of, you know, gratitude, like in my case, a little moment of creation or connection or whatever. But I love that. It's useful to tap into previous experiences that gave you Mm -hmm. those specific feelings. Um, Who were you with? Where were you? Like, you know, environment, people, what were you doing? And so... I want to build on two things. I want to build on what you shared about feeling successful when you launched Bold in Business. And I feel like it's also, you felt successful perhaps also because it was like a celebration of the boldness. Like I had the courage to kind of shift everything that I'm doing 
things were going well. You know, why bother yeah. ruining the stability and, you know, all the good stuff and the oh good my God. Life. I asked many times why before bed, I new? asked myself that, like, what are you But, doing? Yeah. And it ties into that life design thing that we talked about. And I feel like it's almost like it's easier to work on your life's design when things are bad, when things suck, mm -hmm. when it's painful, I'm when there's sorry. a lot of discomfort. And it's more difficult when things are cool, you're chilling, <laughs> everything's comfortable. Like, why would I want to disrupt this? Like, for what? You know, and I feel like in my career, I've been there for 12 years. I still liked it. I no longer loved it, but it was still okay. Yeah. And to make that choice, to let go of that something good and comfortable, to go explore something I had no idea about, you know, that was for some people madness. And I didn't yeah. even see the courage that I had until in a coaching certification program, And the people around me started mirroring it to me. Oh my God, you're so brave. Mm -hmm. What am I not? No. And yeah. one person told me, two people told me and so on and so on. And, and I started believing it, right? And so just to, to, to finish my example about feeling all of those feelings that I associate with the idea of success, I designed my workspace. Mm -hmm. I have light. Now I have the shades pulled because otherwise the sun would be all over me and I wouldn't see anything, you know, as we record this. Um, and if I designed my corner because I'm in the living room, then I designed the whole space. I love interior design. Um, and so that brought me a lot of joy. And I created the space in which I'll I feel fine. And I have a virtual team that it's absolutely awesome. I chose the people that I work with, you know. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Yeah. So it's almost like you found your version of the office team and so on. And I think that it's very important. Again, I come back to the idea of flexibility. I think sometimes we're so stuck into like, it should look like this. But I think if we go to what you said, which is how does it feel, then we can create more flexibility in the actual reality of it because it might be different because of different circumstances. And also when you let go of that set image in your mind, you can get to something so much better than anything that you can have, you could have imagined for yourself. And yeah, I've I literally, been there a number of times. Me too. Like, as you said that, I literally just thought of myself and it's funny because I had a moment last week where I got so emotional. I was in a very lovely high-end place having a very lovely high-end meal with you know beautiful things around me and I was like how is this my life for a second I was like I literally brought me to tears thinking that people like me who come from places that I come from don't get to places like this and to think that it's beyond my wildest dreams to be living this life I never imagined if if someone would have to ask me you know could you imagine yourself getting to something like no so yeah I yeah so I I completely know what you mean um absolutely I um would like to wrap up this before we go to our quick fire question with a very important question around 
something practical. I love to give practical tips on my podcast. And I was wondering, what is a powerful exercise or any kind of exercise maybe you use or you've, you've used on clients to remove some of that stuff that we're talking about, like the 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 load, the emotional load, the negativity, the fears around not being successful enough. Because I, I find that that's a huge load. Yeah, it's something so heavy on so many entrepreneurs' hearts where they feel like they're not allowed to be certain things until they're successful or until whatever milestone. So is there any kind of exercise that you could recommend that someone could do? Okay. So I hear emotional load and I hear mm-hmm. not feeling successful and I cannot let it go. I, I need to go deeper. I, I need to take things, you know, further. And one question that I would ask was what triggered the thought that I'm not successful at mm-hmm. any point because there was something. I saw a post, I heard something, th- there was something that happened, even if it was something very short, that triggered that thought in my mind. Oh, I'm not successful or whatever that sounds like. What happens? And, you know, actually, I, I feel from where I'm sitting um, and the way that I'm playing back our conversation, I feel like one of the things or the themes of this conversation was about reframing. Like looking at the good, not just the bad, you know, something mm-hmm. bad happens. How can you reframe it? So you, you, you see some of the benefits, so on and so forth. And so one thing that I use for myself and that I use with my clients, regardless of the context, maybe it's parenting, maybe it's business, maybe it's something entirely different, is this it's not even an equation it's it's this model that if if you keep in mind it can help you reframe those negative thoughts that bother you that won't let you be right um and so byron katie in her work came up with this framework i don't know how else to call it a set of four questions or five questions um that you can go through to kind of challenge those assumptions or those thoughts so that you can then replace them with something else and also find the evidence that supports um that 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 new thought and before i go into the questions there's something else i want to just touch down on is that being unsuccessful isn't a feeling it's just a thought it's my interpretation of facts. But because I have this thought that I'm not successful, this then triggers some emotions, right? I can feel disappointment. I can feel shame. I can feel sadness. I can feel fear because maybe I have to go back to being an employee or whatever the case may be. And so I feel like it's important to pinpoint and to label what we are feeling. Because when I feel anger, I deal with it in a certain way. And I, I don't shake it off. I, you know, I feel like when it comes to emotions, we need to move through them. I feel like one of the game changers for me, um, and I have an emotional authority in human design. So sometimes my emotions just do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, and I have to ride out the wave and I need, and I learned to, and I need to sit with the emotion. I'm, I'm no longer running away from the discomfort. No matter what I feel, I just give it space. I breathe into it. I look at it. You know, I see you. 
we're good, you know. And once my emotions go down, I reach a more neutral state, then I can access my logical mind and then I can come up with solutions. But when I freak out, that that's totally pointless. So going back to, to the questions, if I say I'm not successful, that's my thought, you know, and it just bothers me every day. So the first question um, in Byron Katie's um, framework is, is it true? So if you say no, then you can skip, you know, the next step. But if you say yes, then she challenges us, you know, further. Like, can you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that that's true? And you're smiling and I'm smiling. Because if you ask the question this way, chances are you will say, well, you know, it's not entirely true. There's some truth to it maybe, but no, I cannot be absolutely sure. And then she taps into the feeling. So how do you feel when you believe these thoughts? When you believe that you are unsuccessful, how do you feel? And you said heavy. I feel a heaviness. Maybe I feel sadness. Maybe I feel discouraged. Maybe I feel... There's a number of things that I can feel. None of them probably very comfortable, you know? Um, and then the next question is, who would you be without that thought? And then, you know, you look around and say, hmm, well, I would feel lighter. I would feel less pressure. I would feel happier. I would feel accomplished. I don't know. I would think of myself as, as, as accomplished. And so for this thought that, hey, you know, I would think of myself as being successful or accomplished, or I would feel happy and so on and so forth. I now go and look for evidence. Like, give me examples of situations that contradict that initial negative thought. Like, that means that you intentionally go to find um, examples of situations where you had success. And if you do this exercise, the recommendation is to find at least three supporting pieces of evidence. Like I had success when, I had success when, and I had success when. And so that kind of takes you back to what I was saying earlier. Look at the bigger picture. Don't forget to also look at the instances where things are good. Don't only focus on what's lacking. And I would add to that because we talked about this in my podcast as well, to keep at least a few of these evidences in sight. We talked about my idea of the accomplishment board um, you had a, a different version of this. We can take snapshots of testimonials, feed, client feedbacks, you know, reviews, whatever. Um, add pictures from events or from, you know, that luxurious experience that you talked to us about. Anything goes. But it, it should be, it should serve as a reminder, you know, of all the successes or the victories that we consider relevant. Be it small victory or big victory, it doesn't really matter. It's a resource to help yourself lift yourself up when, when you need it. So whenever I find myself going down this loop of negative thinking, I just go through this quest these questions. 
Is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? How do I feel? How do I act? What, what, like what happens when I believe that this thought is true? Who would I be without that thought? And then I go and identify the um, opposite thought and I look for supporting evidence for it. And that takes me out of the funk because I challenge my own excuse me bullshit. I love that. And I actually see very much a theme in our conversation from everything that you're saying. I see a theme that is very empowering. As in, we are not these victims of things that are happening that we don't have a choice. I feel like you really have given our listeners so many different reframes and exercises and things that they can do that in any situation in which they feel less than whatever that looks like, there is a way for them to get themselves out of it. And I think that is so important because, you know, we, it's going to sound very dramatic, but we do walk alone through life with our own thoughts. We live in our heads so much. And I think all the things that you've shared today are honestly so, such game changers when you come, when it comes to like owning your emotional state and making sure that through that, you actually influence how your life looks like as well. And it kind of goes into the whole like life design and business and everything. Like I genuinely feel like you have given a huge gift to listeners of showing them what's I possible. Hope so. And it's not rocket science. And it's not something that only, I don't know, some special people can apply. It's purely, in my view, about agency, having agency, having personal agency yeah. or self-leadership or call it whatever. I completely Take ownership. Agree. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I want to finish this with a quick fire round. I asked this to all of my guests. So let's, you know, keep it uh, nice and to the point. So First one is, what is, I mean, we've talked about so many different things, but what do you think is the key takeaway from our conversation today and that our listeners can implement today? Something that you really feel like everyone should try today. Okay. So I feel like we just did that with the reframing. Yeah, with the exercise, yeah. But let's, let's add something else. Focus on what success feels like mm. and keep evidence of past successes, of, mm -hmm. of existing successes, did you hear that? That was my phone and the dog. <laughs> I did. I, I, it was just like a little thing. So no, keep, I didn't hear. Keep the evidence, you know, of of already existing successes somewhere in sight, so that you don't forget. Amazing. What's one thing you've changed your mind about recently? Hmm. Um, there was a time when I thought. And I might change my mind again. I don't know. But I thought that we only had one mission in this life. And I felt that huge pressure. Like, oh my God, how am I even going to figure it out? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm toying around with this idea. Uh, I've heard it um, and then read about it in Lewis House's uh, book and podcast, The School of Greatness mm -hmm. and The Greatness Mindset, I think the book's called. Um that actually throughout our lives in different um, stages of our life, we have different missions. And I'm at a point in my life where I so very much agree with this. And I, I look back and I look at where I'm now and I'm looking you know, forward and imagining what else will be possible. Um, and also 
at certain stages of our lives, our mission might be just about ourselves, not about other people. Like, for example, um, in the next uh, three or five years, I'm going to take time to do my own journey, my inner journey, my inner healing, whatever. And that's my mission. And then when I healed whatever I had to heal, I can then move on to serving others. And my mission can be about others. And those others can be people in my family, or they can be hundreds or thousands of, of clients, you know, from all over the world. I think, um, sorry to you know, interrupt you with that, I think is the thing of seasons in life, isn't it? Because I do find that who we are today is not going to be the same person that yes. we are in five years. And that can be impacted by so many different things from you know, personal experience. it feels liberating. I yeah. swear to God, it feels liberating. It is. it is. But no, I love that. And I think uh, you are right. Again, it's the idea of flexibility, of thinking that just because you want something today doesn't mean that you have to want the same thing five years from now like I I am the prime living example of exactly that because I did not know how motherhood was going to change me I knew it was going to change some things but I had no clue how and I'm certain that once in the future I'll become a mother of two I'll feel differently once I will be a mother of children rather than babies I will feel differently once I will you know xyz I'll be different and I think yeah again there's a lot of freedom in that so thank you for that um Okay, what's a book that you recommend to any entrepreneur? Because I feel like it's very aligned with the conversation today and because I can only share one because that's <laughs> your rule and I'll respect <laughs> it. I will say Chillpreneur by Denise Duffield Thomas. She's Australian, behind she's me. funny. Um, I have it right here because I said I would show it to you and I had it here. Um uh, if we had to talk about books, I love her. I love her style. I love her approach. And though the book is easy to, to read and is funny, there's so much wisdom in it. Yeah. And a lot of questions and exercises to do as well. It's so. a really good book, you know, and I find that she, um, I don't know if um, on purpose, but she started a movement, in my opinion. Since she started sharing the entrepreneur ideas, I've seen that a lot, so. Yeah, it's a very good book. Very, very highly recommended. Um, what does being bold mean to you? Hmm. Well, it kind of ties in with, with what I do and what I preach. So I would say it means here and now. I don't know what I would answer tomorrow, but today I feel like saying that it's to design, to create, and to live a conscious and aligned life that you love that is absolutely beautiful thank you and what is one question that you wish i would have asked you and what would you have answered how long it took me to be able to speak about all of these <laughs> things in such a relaxed manner <laughs> um and i would have said a very long time or it feels like a very long time maybe it's the exact right amount of time yeah or, you know, I was just now ready or when I was ready to understand and to integrate these things. But sometimes it feels like a very long time. And for me, I think um, this journey of having my own business is the most intense personal development journey of all that I've experienced so far. Ditto, ditto, one million percent. I did not... I sometimes think, and this is not even my first business, 
But this specific type of business, educational business, coaching business, it's just another level because it's, you go so much deeper than, I don't know, you know, before like I was selling makeup in my first business. It, sorry, but it's not that deep. <laughs> you know, it was um, very, very different. I, I completely agree. I think, um, yeah, it's a, an intense personal development journey. And then finally, because I'm certain at this point, our listeners are like, oh my God, who is this gal? Connect me with her. How can I continue this journey with her? Where can our listeners find you online? There will always obviously be all the links in the show notes, but some people are just like me, very curious. They want to go fast. So where can they find you online? For anyone who only speaks English or, you know, that would be the bridge, they could always email me or contact me uh, via the website and we can have a conversation. We can find ways to collaborate um, but if you are a Romanian speaker, then, um, I also have a podcast. Um, I have my website, we can chat on Instagram. I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram in social media, uh, Facebook, not so much anymore. Website, yeah, podcast, website. YouTube, good. you know, LinkedIn. Beautiful. I'm, those Everywhere. are the places. Mm-hmm. Where I am Beautiful. not everywhere, Only. not everywhere. No TikTok, no Snapchat, no, I don't know what else is out there. Yeah. But it's it's easy to find me and we can chat um in private about you know all the good things. Taking this conversation maybe to a next level, whatever that looks like. Amazing. Well. Christina, thank you so much. I honestly feel like we had such a beautiful, deep conversation that I really look forward to re-listening myself. And yeah, I, I know that, you know, our listeners are honestly so lucky to have you, to to be able to to hear you talk about all these amazing things. And I know that I, it, it um, this triggered some ideas inside me in the best way possible. Like I really- Okay, I so feel I'm like waiting I'm gonna... for the posts, the newsletters, the podcast <laughs> episodes, you know, that- like stem from our conversation today. honestly like i this idea that um success, you know feeling success rather than seeing it as a thing it, it really it's it's a really really big one it's a huge one so thank you thank you so much um thank really, you for really having good. me for 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 receiving me with open arms i i kind of knew we were going to have a friendly but still deep conversation but th- that usual that's what happens usually when we start talking Uh, So thank you for having me. I hope it was um, useful for whoever is listening, whenever is listening. Um, And if people want to reach out, if they have questions, they want to share anything, I'm happy to chat. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. See you soon. Bye. You've been listening to Bold in Business. If today's episode sparks something for you, share it with your audience or a friend who needs to hear it. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a review because it really helps us to spread the message further. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect and all the details. And until next time, stay bold.